Please be seated. In several church circles, it is common for clergy to joke about passing off the sermon for Trinity Sunday onto the newbies, the new and young clergy, as a form of doctrinal hazing, I, I guess. Uh, perhaps you've heard, heard such a thing, but I think it's very important for you to know that John did no such thing to me. Our preaching and vacation schedules just worked out such that I have the privilege of reflecting with you on this Trinity Sunday. And it is a privilege. I mean it. The Trinitarian doctrine, yes, is impossible to capture and explain in 10 minutes. But as the central and universalizing aspect of our faith and of God's church, we should all welcome the opportunity to wrestle and reflect with something so complicated and yet so miraculous. Our collect today reminds us that the Trinity, the triune God, one God and three persons, is in fact a gift to us. It is not a puzzle for us to solve or a tool to use for our own gain. It is a gift, a divine invitation into relationship with the one God in the three ways in which God has been revealed to us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is tempting to depart here and to start explaining the doctrine using contemporary analogy. I'm not going to do that. Um, to me, that feels like trying to force a square peg into a round hole. I believe that our logical understanding will never, until the coming of Christ, fit perfectly into the truth of God's triune nature. I would rather spend our time this morning thinking about what it means to worship a God who is both three and one, and how to recognize and cultivate the gift of the Trinity in our own lives. As I reflected on our shared life together, I couldn't help but continually return to the sacrament of baptism. The doctrine of the Trinity is actually one of our core beliefs that came from the practice of liturgy. Often it's the other way around. Our doctrine will determine what we do in worship, but not here. The Trinity manifested itself after centuries of dwelling hidden among the people of the world, specifically ancient Israel and the early Christians. Baptisms occurred in the name of the Trinity long before there was any sort of written doctrine or creed, long before church councils in Nicaea or Constantinople, long before Augustine, St. Gregory of Nyssa, or Athanasius, all of whom wrote extensively on the Trinitarian doctrine. Early Christians baptized one another in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit because that's what Jesus told them to do, according to chapter 28 of Matthew. And though not as explicit in formula, this theology still presents itself in other accounts of baptism in Scripture and in the theology of baptism professed by Jesus, that in baptism, a person is joined to Christ's body forever, born again into his death and resurrection through the power of the Holy Spirit. The act of baptism actually crystallized into this beautiful doctrine that shows us who God is in ways that we can access. 
The accessibility given to us in baptism reminds us that the, the act of living a faithful life is reciprocal, and it's in a flowing relationship with the Trinity. It's why we come to church. It's what empowers us to live lives according to the gospel. Theologian Catherine Tanner writes beautifully about how the mechanics of the Holy Trinity, one God, actually empowers our work together. She writes, In movements of faith, praise, prayer, and worship, empowered by the Spirit, the whole of our being is turned towards Christ and through Christ to the Father. Through this union with Christ, gifts from the Father flow to us. Our whole beings are brought to Christ in worship, work, and prayer, and in turn, we are brought home to the Father. And so if this is the case, how is it that we can use this gift in pursuit of the gospel? How do we show up for others? How do we take our place in this reciprocal flowing relationship between our doctrine, our belief, our faith, our worship, our lives? This weekend, thousands of people showed up in D.C. Several of them showed up for our kids and teachers at the March for Our Lives because it is obscene that they have to practice active shooter drills at school because of governmental inaction. The March for Our Lives was hopeful and inspiring, though somber, in the absolute devastation in Texas and the several other mass shootings that have happened in our country since then, it was hopeful because I looked around me and I saw other people showing up. And I felt okay and less alone. I also had the privilege of marching with the Episcopal Diocese of Washington in the Pride Parade yesterday with Beth. It was a remarkable experience a time in which I actually let myself dance in public. <laughs> I let the energy, the spirit of the event carry me. People showed up for themselves, for their children, their friends, their loved ones, to tell the world that everyone is a child of God. There is this force felt intensely and yet also hidden and not entirely visible that not only nudges us to be brave and to stand up for what's right, but one that makes us realize that we can only do this together. Standing with strangers yesterday, I realized more than ever that there is nothing more true to my identity as a Trinitarian Christian, as someone baptized into the body of Christ, than to stand up for others and to do it with others. That is what it looks like to live our lives in the chaotic middle of a world created by a loving God who cannot be contained in one word or one phrase or one doctrine. Because relationship is everything. This is why the Trinity is a gift. Relationship is at the center of God. Three persons, one God, all the same and yet none identical, each of them working around, within, and through one another. The dynamism of the Trinity shows us who God is. Every single aspect of God depends on the others, and we depend on one another as well. And we must never forget this.
God is love. And so everything that we are in Christ and everything that we do in the Spirit is also love. That's what happens at baptism. As a professor once said, the Trinity is proof that God is love all the way down. There is no part of God that isn't love. What a gift. The triune God is a God who is both united and distinct, a testament to how we can all be different, complicated humans and still show up together as Christ's body to worship and to work and to pray, to learn, to march. The Trinity is not a burden for us to muscle through once a year. It is a miracle. In the name of God.